John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I want to tell you about a HeadGum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha Bee, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to you? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, (laughs) uh, protect humanity. But apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, Uh, but... (laughs) I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that out. Good evening, nobodies. This is Adam Felber welcoming you to a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone movie review show. You all know how this works. We review the original version of a movie so you can decide if you want to see the sequel. This week, we watched Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to help you decide whether you want to see Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Will a telepathic Crystal Skull speak to us about another bold explorer? We'll find out. Thank you, house band Daniel Grimsland. Man, it's great to have you here, Daniel. I'm Adam Felber, and tonight I'm wearing a fedora and carrying a bullwhip, and I'll use it if it helps us stay on topic. And now, please welcome the woman whose conversational backpack magically opens to any irrelevant point, Paula Poundstone. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much. You know, a week has gone by. And that sloth is still in that chair. Well, they're very slow. I don't think that's a survival technique, Anthony. I think it's dead. If you you weren't listening last week, uh, you know, Anthony Alfaro, our, our sound engineer, has been bringing exotic animals in an effort to fit in. I don't know how that works, really. Um, and he brought a two-toed sloth last week. And um, and it's still, it, cl- it climbed the, very slowly into a chair, and it is still in the chair now. I think we need to look into that. Into the death thing? I guess they, they, they don't move a lot in life or death. So Yeah. yeah. It's very hard to tell the, it, it apart. So, Paula. Sir. We got an email from a listener, and I, I kind of wanted to share it with you. May I? Please. Dr. Nick Burkhart at UCLA's Department of Geology, wrote us, and he said something that I think is very significant to us. Paula was mentioned in a chapter of a recently published book. This chapter- Geniuses I have known? No. No, oddly. This chapter is titled- Hot Babes of Santa Monica. (laughs) Also not, right? This chapter is titled- Democratization of AI using cognitive services. Uh. And it's written by Adnan Masood and Adnan Hashmi. The authors describe how machine learning algorithms running on cloud computing services can be used to process audio using voice recognition and extraction techniques. As a potential use case, the authors say, quote, so if you just want to hear Paula Poundstone jokes on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, you can use this service wisely. After reading this, I am inspired to train a neural network to identify and alert me to those exceedingly rare moments on the podcast when Paula allows her guests to speak. (laughs) Crinkle, crinkle, Nick. Well, that was lovely, uh, Nick. 
Uh, it's, and that was an article written by Adnan Masood and Adnan Hashmi. Yes. The Adnans. One of the Adnans is clearly a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me fan. We don't know if either Adnan uh, listens to, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Yeah, yeah. Nick clearly does. Yeah. So what what it's saying is you can train the thing to cut out all the other voices and you would just hear, for example, if you were listening to Wait, Wait, Don't, the Paula Poundstone jokes on Wait, Wait, Right, but that experience can be replicated just by hanging around with Paula Poundstone for an evening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because I've always said that Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uses uh, editing software um, that, that when it hears my voice, cuts. Yeah, uh, because well, I, you know I've done I'm many in a way. We don't I'm tell on me. that show a, a lot more than any listener would know. Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I've done I've done many with you. You yeah. uh, you know you tend to wax eloquent and I loquacious. take my time. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Look. We got great audiences there, just like we have great listeners on. Nobody listens to Paul Apostle, so I like to I like to give them hundred and ten percent. That's all. All of your loquacity. Yeah, exactly. I have loquacity. And speaking of um, loquacity, was that was that the word? That was our word last week. Do you have was, a word this I week? I do have a word this week. What this is week's it? word is uh importunate. Uh it's an adjective. Importunate. Importunate. Uh it's an adjective meaning annoyingly or stubbornly insistent. Oh. Um, here I'll use it in a sentence. Although many fans have enjoyed the high fashion and softness of my remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirts with the self-portrait on the left breast Trust and the memorable quote on, on the, the back, back, Adam Felber has remained importunate that it does not exist. Huh. Stubborn. As it were. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, or insistent, annoyingly or stubbornly persistent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am going to be persistent on that point because it's reality. No, it's a it's a remarkably soft tri tri poly blend. Uh, it makes it remarkably soft, which is great for my healing nipple. Uh, By the way, how's the nipple? Now that it's another week, we're two weeks into Nipplegate. Yeah, <laughs> Nipplegate. Uh, it's so, coming so along. For, it, it for listeners who don't, who don't pay um, inordinate attention to Paula Poundstone's left nipple, um, it was pierced as it were, um, by, by one of her cats just yeah, a couple weeks cat, ago. My cat Clue in her protestations about me picking her up. Uh, now you're worried about some kind of infection me. or something. I, I don't think it is infected. I, I wor- it, it just healed slowly. That's all. Uh, okay. Yeah. But well, I, it's much better. Thank you for asking. Thoughts and prayers for your nipples, Paula. I appreciate it. I, Well, you know, don't heap them on my right nipple because it needs nothing. Right. Um, it wants but- for nothing on the right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, interesting, the word imp- importunate. Yes. I knew that word but did not know how to pronounce it because I've only read it. I've never heard it said out loud. It's importunate, So I thought it was Adam. importunate. Uh, I Which, would have thought that too, um, but it's importunate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a tricky pronunciation. Fortunately, you know, I, uh, I spent a lot of time with the dictionary. You sure do. Um, I want to remember, but we don't know which dictionary you spend time with because the cover's missing, right? Uh, I'm one of them. This one, this is the, uh, I, I think the, the one Macmillan that you're using. student dictionary and it has, uh, the cover is taped on. Oh, okay. Is there a little have, star on the bo- bottom that says now with extra mispronunciations? No, no, that's that's not, okay, that's not we, this one. The whole Viva Voce thing turned out to no, be. No, I was right. We were right. We oh, were both right. Paul, it's Viva Voce. It's um, Viva Voce. It's uh, Viva Voce. Viva and a voce. number of fans, a number of listeners have tweeted me uh, saying that I am right. And, uh, and I say to them, um, that's usual. All right. Um, well, it's not unusual. Yeah. But it's Viva Voce. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I want to remind listeners that we're still offering a bar of hotel soap to any listener who sends in a great description of this show. It needs to be uh, compelling but succinct. Pithy. Because when I, a lot of times I do interviews on the radio or uh, to promote my shows, and, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, and you have a podcast. And I say, yeah, I do. And I get very enthusiastic about it. And, and they'll say, well, what's, you know, what's it like? And I go, well, it's funny, and um, it's me, and... Adam Felber and uh, you know. So if have, you're listening out there, you can tell that this is yeah, this is why we yeah. need you. You know, I don't think the phones light up. I, I don't think there's a lot of uh, what do you call it memberships taking place. A lot of people subscriptions s- subscriptions for the podcast <laughs> as a result of those interviews. Of you- so what we're looking for are uh, you know brisk. Short, uh, pithy, c- compelling uh, descriptions of the podcast. Oh, of the podcast. And for that, you would receive from me uh, a fresh bar of hotel soap. Fresh in that you haven't used it yet. 
But also, I think more of an allure is it's autographed by Paula Poundstone. Well, the packaging is. It would do no good whatsoever to autograph soap. Yeah, that's right. But I wonder if people are using these soaps when they're getting them. Oh no, a lot it's of kind people, of a collector's A lot item. of people have them framed. Well, it's got your autograph on it. They pass them down through the generations. Yeah, well, I can't leave you much money, but I can leave you this autographed hotel soap, still fresh after all these years. Fuck you, Grandma. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back with our movie review of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to let you know if you should go see Dora and the Lost City of Gold this summer. Uh, we'll be doing that right after this. <laughs> Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is supported in part by Dashlane. What's Dashlane, you ask? It's a password management app that helps you stay safe online. Worried about losing access to accounts, having weak or reused passwords? Dashlane is designed to be easy to use across all of your devices. You know, for a while I was just using the password, I fucking hate this. Right. Uh, just so many passwords. It gets so confusing. Right. Dashlane has a basic free version and a premium version with more features. The value you get is not just in the features, but in the peace of mind, knowing that Dashlane is actively protecting you from every angle on all your devices. They got your back and your front. And your sides and your top and your bottom. Um, yeah, I've been using it. It's, um, it, does, it does what they say it do. You cool. know, it it manages and 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 uh, protects, and it, it's it's great. But you know what? It's not just great for us. It could be great for everybody if you would only go to www.dashlane.com slash Paula. So this is the good part. Listen carefully. Yeah. yeah. If you go to www.dashlane.com slash Paula, you get a free thirty day trial of Dashlane Premium. That's the paid service. And yet, and then you get 30 days where you can see Dashlane's features in action and try it out for yourself. And if you like it, here's the one-two punch, the second punch of the one-two punch. If you like it, you can use code Paula at checkout for a 10% off discount. It's a great deal. Once again, everybody, that's www.dashlane.com slash Paula for your 30-day free trial. The Cat of the Week is Tabasco from Carlsbad, California. All right, so it's a movie review show, Paula. Oh, um, and do we have a movie review for you who, listeners? Boy, last night Paula came over to my place. We sat out back and we watched Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And we are reviewing that film so that our listeners can decide whether or not to see Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Now, that's, of course, Dora the Explorer, not um, Indiana Jones the Explorer. But um, They're very we figured, similar, it, we I'm figured sure. it's very, very I mean, similar. We, have a not, we, of course, have not yet seen the Dora the Explorer movie, but we decided to watch an, explore, an Explorer movie. Right, and so we watched um, a movie that I had never seen all the way through because <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. Uh, the final installment, uh, one would hope, of the Indiana Jones series. Yeah, um, which was which was uh, shot many years later. It was a 2008 movie. I think the the first one was probably 1980. I suspect. Um, no, a little later than that, actually. But okay. oh, was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. 81. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Unimportant. Unimportant. So um, I've I've drafted a quick synopsis of the movie so that we can dispense with with that. Okay. Okay. So let me just uh, describe the movie to our listeners. Um, We opened in 1957 in the Nevada desert, where a nefarious band of Russian infiltrators led by Colonel Dr. Irina Spalko, played by Kate Blanchett, invade a secret American military facility, kill everyone, and break into a gigantic warehouse labeled Hangar 51. Soon we see they've got a prisoner in their trunk, Indiana Jones himself. Jones helps them find an artifact which appears to be a preserved dead alien. You know, like from Roswell. But then all hell breaks loose and Indy escapes. From that point on, the plot basically follows the plot of the original Raiders of the Lost Ark, except instead of bad Nazis seeking a superweapon, they're bad Russians seeking a superweapon, and instead of the Middle East, it's South America, and instead of ancient biblical technology, they're looking for ancient alien technology. Also, Indiana Jones is very old now, but still does all the same stuff. Anyway, soon after the opening action, Indy is approached by a young greaser, played unconvincingly by Shia LaBeouf, which, by the way, is French for the beef. He's the son of some lady, Indiana 
Indiana Jones used to know. Nobody important. No big secrets here, everyone. Move on. Anyway, the beef convinces Indy to help him seek the lost crystal skull of something or other, which just so happens to be the MacGuffin that the Russians are after as well. They battle. They flee the Russians for the rest of the movie, eventually picking up a crazy old professor. And surprise, Karen Allen, who reveals that she is surprise, the beef's mother, and that Indy is surprise, the beef's dad. The rest is a giant mess where the same damn thing happened uh, that happened to the Nazis at the end of the Raiders happens to Kate Blanchett. And a flying saucer takes off from the Amazon rainforest while our heroes head back to the States to collect Social Security. I don't remember any of that. That's the entire plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I was struck by, because uh, I did see it in the theater originally, um, uh, one thing I was struck by was that this Russian woman played by Kate Blanchett, who is a scientist, and she's a scientist who um, is interested in the powers of the mind. Uh, yeah. And uh, but she's also like a, a you know a brutal fighter. Yeah, she's and, austere, severe, and she can fight. Yeah, and I just wonder where that combination of skills would come from. I mean, you, you know, the scientist. Slash kickboxer. Do, do right. we have? Is it? Is, well, it, is that just a Russian, Russian thing? you're going to the Institute of Science and Technology. Yeah. As Doctor Irina, whatever she was, was, and you know they've probably got a kickboxing team. Yeah. More than Maybe likely. she got in on a kickboxing she scholarship. She must have been on it. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that happens is uh, these are Russians that are, uh, and the Russians uh, find their way like so easily. They seem to. They're always ahead of the Americans. It's yeah. so easy, and there is a scene where you see Mitch McConnell holding a door open for them. Oh, and, Moscow Mitch. Yeah, and that was well, upsetting. That's a, yeah, uh, well, that's a, another tell, I guess, in this ongoing yeah. saga of Mitch McConnell. There was a character that you didn't mention. He wasn't a major character, but he's a, a, a sidekick of Indiana Jones for a while, and then it turns out that the guy is a double agent. And then he claims to be a triple agent, and then but a quadruple agent. it turns agent. out he really, he has no, you know, they're looking for, uh, there's like Lost City of Gold in here somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so in the end, um, he's really just interested in collecting this gold. So he goes, when they're in a cave, they found the Lost City, there's all sorts of gold stuff. He keeps trying to collect it. He has no real political uh he has no philosophy, no ideals. No ethos. No, exactly. There's no driving. He doesn't care which side he's on. He just wants the gold. He just wants the gold, and he's a little bit fat and out of shape. Right. Uh, and this is leading to a point about... Uh, he's Trump. He's Trump. <laughs> he's, he... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure how on the head to hit that. Yeah, no, no, you I got it. But I think I'm just going to no, say no, you, he's... You, he's He's so Trump. you see Mitch McConnell and Trump in this movie from 2008. Yeah. Which was the year Obama was elected. Yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> you have to really look carefully to see this. But um, <laughs> the, the scientist who, mm -hmm. you know, kicks the... Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's Kelly at Conway. Maybe that's a stretch. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would have gone with Melania because she's got that, she's got that accent. Melania. No, let's talk accents. Melania's not a that's fighter. That's a big, broad Russian accent she's doing. I mean, yeah, uh, she did. She was, uh, it was a little Boris could, and Natasha. Yeah, you could all but see uh, the moose. Yeah. Uh, Bullwinkle. You could all but see Bullwinkle yeah. in the ad when she would do her. Um, right. Yeah. She just replaced it like, we must get moose and squirrel. And she replaced it with crystal skull. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. They did have this character. He was played by John. Oh. Hurt. John Hurt. Um, was it? No, probably not. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, great. it was John Hurt. Um, so the notion being that John Hurt was this scientist that befriended Indiana Jones's uh, former girlfriend, Mary... Uh, whatever. Yeah, and um, and, the, and the son helped help raise this, this son in Indiana Jones's absence, but they were co-workers years ago. And somewhere the pursuit of this crystal skull yeah. has... Driven the guy insane. The crystal skulls have these powers. There's some, and it was well. They're left by ancient astronauts. I mean, we should stipulate. Yeah, you know, they were. Yeah, that's an important. That's thing. kind of an they important thing. They were left thing. by ancient astronauts. It's very similar to Raiders of the Lost Ark, where where you know whatever whatever God was doing there, he he had special powers, and whatever aliens were doing on Earth before in prehistory, they were apparently. I don't know, educating uh, ancient uh, American uh, tribes. Well, the, the skull, so there is this skull that had been removed 
from uh, a tableau of skulls somewhere uh, deep underground somewhere that yeah, they go to. Yeah, and it needed to. to be returned. But it needed to be returned. And the thing is about the skull, though, um, the John Hurt character uh, keeps discovering various powers of the skull. Like at one point, all these ants are coming towards them, yeah. and he points the skull towards these hordes of ants, and it makes them back off. And it's go a, eat somebody else. And yeah. they, go, they go eat a Soviet. And the, so the skull was a little bit like a very ingenious uh, Swiss Army knife. It could do everything. Yeah. They kept discovering... But he, he's got a connection to these aliens, which has driven him mad and allows him to kind of communicate with the skull. And that's just so fucking stupid, I can hardly contain myself. Well, so the conceit was that he had gone mad and they were, but they, they, you know, they were taking him along on this journey because he's, even though he was crazy, he had written like hieroglyphics all over his cell wall where he was imprisoned and they thought he had this, so he helps find the thing. And then at the end, when they restore this skull to where it to its had, rightful place, all of a sudden, you know, he's good to go. And yeah, he's, uh, he's sane again. Yeah. And he had had like kind of crazy hair, but as soon as he restored that skull, he had like a Videl Sassoon thing yeah, happening. Yeah, he looked a lot better. He definitely, he definitely yeah. looked better. And, and yeah. they, they just so there are to... mornings where I look at myself in the mirror and I go, "Oh fuck, I've got to return that skull." Yeah. <laughs> well, you probably should. Those things are never good. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, just a, a quick message out there to Nazis and Soviets alike: when you are trying to unearth an ancient artifact yeah. that might give you the power to rule the world, to use as some kind of ultimate weapon, yeah, you know. Have a next step beyond picking it up. Because yeah. that, that seems to be the problem. I mean, yeah. they, they got the Ark of the Covenant in the first movie, and they were like, well, I guess now we should open it. Yeah, and that uh, didn't yeah, work out yeah, so no. well. A lot of face melting. Yeah, uh, Indian Jones is often involved in a situation where there's face melting. Yeah. And it's, it's never his face. Uh, no. In fact, I gotta say, you know, he looked pretty good. I, I think. He looked a little melty. There were a lot of. And it, it's the been whole years. movie, I, I don't know if we're explaining it good. The whole I movie think I wrote is a very sort nice of, synopsis. It's sort of a mix of Indiana Jones and Happy Days. Okay, so this was, now I, I can't believe we got this far into the review without da, mentioning da, 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 da. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days, yeah. da, 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 da. They, Tuesday, Wednesday, Happy Days. They said it in the late fifties. Saturday, what a now, day! We, we get the theme song. With, yeah. da, 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 da. Da, 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 Indy, look out! <laughs> Sit on it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Because there was a, there was an aspect to that because because it takes place in the late fifties and there's a, exactly every classic rock and roll tune that you'd expect to find in a movie. There's no surprises. Yeah. And Shia LaBeouf is a greaser. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know. <laughs> you didn't you didn't you didn't find that believable? Not a, did you? Sh Shia LaBeouf played Ralph Mouth in this. He was ba no well I think they wanted him to kind of be Fonzie, but that yeah. guy's no Fonzie. No, he was Yeah, you know, the, the other thing is that he had these remarkable like as if this is like a genetic thing. He had these remarkable clever fighting skills. Yeah. Uh, that there was really yeah, he picked them up on the streets being a greaser. There was a really Oh, you're doing a sweep the leg <laughs> kick. I'll take yeah, you yeah. out like that, hey. Yeah, there there was one scene where he's uh, straddling two jeeps, yeah, or two jeep-like vehicles going through the something like a rainforest. Yeah, it was a rainforest. It was the Amazon. Being, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's not the one that we know now because there's less of it now yes. than uh, 2008. Um, uh, how many days till the Earth is done again? Oh, Tell we, me again. We, ha we have it down to uh, 11 years and uh, 19 weeks, I think. Ten, oh, ten years. Stretch maybe. out, kick back, relax. We're Don't fine. Worry. We're fine, everybody. Uh, Go watch a movie. Yeah. So he was. Uh, yeah. He was straddling he, two moving vehicles. You know what's interesting is I. You know, Adam and I talked um, about what movie we should watch to uh, let our listeners know if they should watch the Dora the Explorer movie. An or idea not. that I still call into question every time and we do I, this. I came up with several. Ideas. Uh, one was uh, Thelma and Louise 
because it was sort of a uh, Dora the Explorer being sort of a woman in a man's world. Uh, okay, um, that's an interesting idea. Another movie called The Proposal, which is also a, a terrible movie, but B, a woman in a man's world. Uh, uh-huh. um, I came up with uh, Mystic River because uh, it's because a, why? Because it's a movie set in Boston, and all the actors do these really bad Boston accents. And but you didn't know we were getting into a bad accent movie with Dora. No, Dora does not rhyme with Explorer. It only rhymes with Explorer if you have a Boston accent. Dora the Explorer. Exactly. Okay. You didn't so, communicate so that to me, but I, I still think I Mystic did. River would have okay. been a bad choice. So, all right. So, I, 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 there were several. Usually, I can't think of a lot of them, but this, there were several movies that I suggested. And what I find interesting is that Adam- This Im- is going to work its way around to a, to a canard no, of some Adam sort. No, Adam immediately said, let's watch- the last um, uh, uh, Indiana Jones Indiana movie. Jones movie, um, and it happens that it is a Shia LaBeouf vehicle. Interestingly, uh, earlier we had reviewed another movie that was a Shia LaBeouf uh, movie, which Transformers. was Transformers. Yeah, and um, Adam has like a Shia LaBeouf thing. That, that's because, just completely not true. No, it is absolutely it's, true. I, I, I don't even find him that watchable, to be he honest He could with not you. take his eyes off Shia LaBeouf this last night. Are you lie. kidding me? That's a, no, we watch these movies in like Adam's backyard. It's a very strange setup. He has a TV outside. It's a very strange setup. We're watching. Yes, that's, that's just otherworldly. We're watching in <laughs> Adam's I live in Southern backyard, California and I put a TV outside. And all sorts outside. of stuff is going on. Like his daughter came out for a second, his wife came out. Came out for a second. There's cats in and out, and dogs and neighbors parading by. And Adam just his eyes are glued to Shia LaBeouf. That's absolutely not true. <laughs> it's just not even in the neighborhood of true. I said to him at one point, I go, "Gee, I haven't had anything to eat all day. Could I have some chips?" And he said, uh, um, "Not right now." Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that where right it is. Now. I said, yes. Adam, yeah. Adam, Shia LaBeouf. Don't talk to me while Daddy's watching the beef. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, right? <laughs> Don't look at me either. <laughs> what I the? didn't know you called him the beef, but that's Well, great. it is French for the beef. Oh, I didn't I realize. My little capsule. I feel like you might not have listened to my capsule description that I that I uh, wrote for us. Oh, I did. I was hanging on every word. Except for the, the beef, apparently. No, no. Hold on. I have to open the soda. Okay. Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, and the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, <laughs> make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Si, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. 
If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points, and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with prize picks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So we can go. we, if, if, okay. to get back to the beef, Yeah, um, he's there to, his, his, I think his dramatic function is to show everybody that Pops is still cool, right? Like, well, hey, even course. this greaser suddenly has to appreciate that the old man knows how to fight and he knows a lot of stuff. Yeah. They, Although uh, he doesn't, were, Shia LaBeouf doesn't sound like that because no, he, he chose not to sound like anything. Well, he sounded like something. He sounded like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. But there were a couple of points where they went into these sort of odd, uh, I don't know, uh, cave-ish kind of places like yeah. they go into in Indiana Jones movie, movies. And in two different scenes, two different kind of cave-like uh, environments, there were these short little hoppy 
Native peoples. Hoppy, not as in a tribe, but in that they hopped a lot. They hopped a lot, and yeah. they were sort of hunched over. They were nondescript. You couldn't really tell, like, well, who who are they? Why are they there? And they were all sort of camouflaged within yeah. this cave. They and were like, hidden behind cloths in crevasses and stuff. And, and these are ancient places that right, these nobody has discovered that, in centuries. Exactly. Nobody has been there for centuries. And the, these guys, it's like when you were a kid and you wanted to scare somebody, and so you'd hide in the closet to jump out at them. Yeah. And and they never came uh, right. because these guys. This must have gone have on been, for generations. I mean, yeah. they must have been raising their kids to go like, just remember, if anybody ever discovers the kingdom of the crystal skull, <laughs> you have to jump out from this little partition <laughs> where you're going to be in a murderous rage and try to kill them. Yeah. like That's a lot of time yeah. devoted to that. And they didn't do a lot of training on the killing because... They all got slaughtered every time. Right. Every, every Well, they were time. out of practice after a few centuries of passing down knowledge, I would think. You know, it, it's it's borderline questionable the way that Spielberg kind of treats um, indigenous people in these movies, particularly in this one. Yeah. Because they were just murderous, hidden guys on shelves. Yeah. There was no you know, real... And, hide and, behind and, the bottles, and then when they come, and someday they will, murderous rage! And why, <laughs> wh- why did they feel the need to protect... We this? must protect the crystals! But uh, yeah, they had no real relationship themselves with the aliens. Well, they didn't did really. They? Ha- well, uh, alleged, uh, assumedly, they are descended from the Mayan civilization or whatever it was that uh, was handed down this knowledge and wisdom from this space alien. And if this description, you guys, sounds chaotic, yeah, uh, it's another reason not to see Dora the Explorer. Now, why is because, that? Because uh, because this movie la- was so chaotic. Yes, there's a lot of stuff where Indiana Jones will look at some sort of hieroglyph on the wall, and then he'll go like, Mayan, translated from the uh, you know Serbian uh, back to the Mayan. Oh. It, 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 like, really? How'd yeah. you get that? Because, like, it was a lot of check-the-boxes stuff. Like, we have to do stuff that we do in, in Indiana Jones movies. So there was a lot yeah. of this sort of like, yeah. uh, right, now he's got to be really smart for a minute. Oh, right, now he's got to get punched in the face. Yeah. And there was uh, there was the scene where he's shown with a huge shadow cast, uh, which is something that they've done, you know, when you first see him in yes. some of the movies. you see they, a shadow first. Know, it's a hat. big, huge yeah. shadow. But what's funny is... Where the big shadow was, they they clearly had just dropped uh, a curtain hanging from the ceiling so that he could have this shadow cast. Yeah. There was no real reason in real life why there would be this cloth randomly placed curtain so close like to that. a light exactly. source in between yeah. which he walked. Yeah. 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 So a lot of times when you're you know if you go to like IKEA or maybe Target or something and you're you know you're decorating your home, you might say to yourself, "I want to hang a curtain here in the middle of the room." In case Indiana Jones comes. Right. Because you know how he feels about his lighting. Yeah. 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 Where's my light? Sunday, Monday, happy days. (laughs) Grooving all week with you. Oh, I forgot it was grooving all week with you. Isn't it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Anyway, so, Adam. Here's some notes about the Dora movie, if anybody cares. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Do I ever? Because uh, uh, Ken Lizebic provided me with some notes about it. Okay. Boots is not wearing his signature red boots. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know how that's analogous well, to the Crystal Skull. I was going to say, skull. don't go see it, but now that I hear that... Boots is just a name now, apparently. Um, Dora's singing map is missing, and her backpack doesn't talk. Oh, you know, I I didn't even know she had a talking backpack. Well, it sounds like you've never seen Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Right. <laughs> but I saw the fourth Indiana Jones movie, and that's enough to tell me don't go see Dora the Explorer. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we we're, we're now at that place. So you your recommendation based on don't Indiana Jones do it. and the, the, and by the way, it's called the Lost City of Gold. Like we can, you know what? They're not lost. At least five people have fucking found the cities of gold now. Yeah, and not to mention all the indigenous people who live there just waiting to fly out in a murderous raid. Yeah, they found them in National Treasure <laughs> as well. Lost. Oh, they did, yeah, yeah National yeah. Treasure, which was... They're, they're not lost, they're there. Yeah, and if there's guards there, indigenous or whatever, yeah. that's also an indication of not being a lost city. All right, so you're saying no, don't see Dora. I say do not see Dora the Explorer. That's what I say, based on my review of... The fourth Indiana Jones. Well, I'm going to concur with you because seeing that fourth Indiana Jones movie made me hate all of them and kind of hate the whole action adventure genre. There's only one thing 
one thing, Adam Felber, that could make you go to see Dora Don't the Explorer. Don't do this, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> And Don't is, do this. And that is a Don't you fucking do appearance this. by Shia LaBeouf. Oh, the beef. <laughs> I must pay my money to see the beef. I know you would love All that. All right. Don't see it, people. We'll yeah. be right back with Ken Lezebnik's America and much more after this. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 19 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. Paula? Paula Poundstone? Is that you over there? <laughs> yeah. That's me, Adam Felber. Remember me? We host a podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I was distracted by the sloth. Um, yeah. You know what? It turns out you can hold it. Anthony, it's sitting in my lap. I think... Oh. Yeah, I think that is a dead sloth, Paula. <laughs> I think you're holding it. Does it feel cold to the touch? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, that, that sloth oh. died. Anthony, uh, you've, you've killed a sloth, man. You've killed a sloth. <laughs> it looks so peaceful, but then again, yeah. it I looked thought so it peaceful beforehand. I thought it was just comfortable no, with me. Do you want it? Are you going to keep it on your lap or are you going to get rid of it? Uh, I'm just going to put it uh, over here in my... Um, in, in your my, dead sloth my, bag? Yeah, I carry a dead sloth bag. Uh, so, so I guess I, what I was asking you is, yeah. where are you going to be performing in the next few weeks? I'll be in Los Angeles September 28th at the theater at the Ace Hotel. That's my hometown. And before that, on September 7th, I'll be in Bar Harbor, Maine at the Criterion Theater. The Criterion? Yeah. In Bar Harbor. That's right. Wow. What can I say? That's precisely where the Woebegone family in Ken Lezebnik's America is traveling to in this week's episode. At this point, you would think that I would not be surprised, but I am a little surprised. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised, but I have to say I'm captivated by this story. I mean, if you're just tuning in, what had started as a bucolic, pleasant travelogue exploring the hidden places in America has become this horrifying vomit-laced story where this family has inadvertently killed a costume superhero at Hollywood and Highland and is now on the run across the country. This is something that could so easily happen. This is a cautionary tale. This is the this is the <laughs> this is the the travelogue version of your simple sample dialogue. Yeah, no, this is something. This is something that's uh, almost become epidemic in the United States of America. I guess I guess so. All right. Well, then let's get back to that road trip we call. <laughs> Ken Lezebnik's America. <laughs> Well, Janice, I think we did the right thing. That fucking dog ran off in Brownville or Turdville or wherever that place was. He'll come back somehow. He drove me out of my fucking mind with his barking and, and the chewing and the whining, and it seems like he was always underfoot. You couldn't get rid of him. Fuck, I miss that damn dog. Well, maybe we'll turn around when we hit the Atlantic Ocean. Maybe we'll see him trotting along the side of the interstate highway. Oh, sure. And we'll do a U-turn across the divider and get smashed by a big rig, and that'll be the end of all our troubles. We'll be dead. I'll get a dirt nap. Then I'll get some rest. Gee, Janice, do you ever wonder what the kids are thinking when they stare out the back window of our station wagon? You mean when they look like codfish with their glassy eyes and drool and all? Well, that's one way to put it. I was thinking of Timmy. So bright, so precocious. He stares out that back window for hours. He's probably thinking about some complicated economic policy issue. If I could only hear his thoughts. Timmy, the mighty orc king, scans the horizon as his war wagon rolls across the open plain. What's that on my left? A nomadic tribe of river trolls. I crank up my trusty flamethrower and whoosh! The mighty blast of fire rips through the air and incinerates my enemies. <laughs> but there's one enemy left. One enemy right inside the war wagon, right next to me. Her name is Nellie. And Nellie, poor little Nellie, always so damn nervous. She's probably worrying about something. I know, she's so sweet. I imagine she's picturing rainbows and unicorns. This car smells like shit. It's like the back of a Greyhound bus. I've never been on a Greyhound bus, but I can imagine the stench. The combination of human fecal matter and the sweat of 40 people in a bus jammed together for eight hours crossing the country... 
Timmy stinks like 80 people all by himself. Especially his vomit. He's a puke machine and nobody can find the off button. I want a pony. Is that too much to ask? How about a toy pony? A plush pony? A My Little Pony TV show to watch? We can't even watch TV anymore because we don't have a TV, because we don't have a home, because I don't even know why. I'm just an eight-year-old girl. What happened to my life? I want a lunchbox. I want lunch. I want... Oh, look. We're in Bar Harbor. It's so pretty. There's the ocean, and Acadia National Park, and a theater. The Criterion Theater. Paula Poundstone is going to be there September 7th. Oh, please, God, I hope Dad doesn't see that. He's obsessed with seeing American humorous Paula Poundstone. If he sees that, we'll never get home. I'll never get a pony. I'll never get a lunchbox. I'll never get lunch again. I'm only eight years old, and I'm confronting an existential nightmare. Hey, look, Janice, the Criterion Theater. Forget the theater. Your daughter is silently weeping in the back seat. But visionary comedian Paula Poundstone's coming here. September 7th, Bar Harbor, Maine. Are you blind? Your fucking daughter has tears the size of pebbles rolling down her cheek. Oh, Nellie. Got some allergies? Just allergic to my life. Honey, it's not that bad. We've been traveling America. We're all together. Yeah, pursued by the Justice League of costume characters, unable to stop and change clothes or shower or even get a decent night's sleep. But we're together. Oh yes, the final piece of the nightmare. Sitting next to Nellie for 78 hours without stop. Nellie, baby, are you thinking about Spot? Oh, sure, I'm thinking about Spot. What else could make me sad? Nellie, he's a dog. Yes, he's just a dog. He's just... The only friend I had! Okay, okay, we're going back. We're gonna pass on the beauties of Bar Harbor and the chance to see iconic humorist Paula Poundstone at the Criterion Theater on September 7th. We're gonna go back and find Spot. Really? Now we're going in circles? Great! Just when I thought nothing could get worse! Kids, Janice, I'm doing the right thing. I'll find Spot. And if we make good time, we'll end up in Vacaville, California by September 21st. Just in time for Paula Poundstone's appearance at the Vacaville Performing Arts Theater. Tune in next week as the story continues on Ken Lezebnik's America, brought to you by Timmy's Flamethrowers. When you want a flamethrower with real reach, reach for Timmy's. On this day in unremarkable history, Meriwether Lewis said to William Clark, You know what I've been thinking for the last couple of miles? What if it was Cluis and Lark, you know? I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like... Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And I was two. Butts, 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 butts. Listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. If you're a comics reader and you want to use a library connected app, you can try out Hoopla. I listen for the author interviews. I'm mad at myself that I waited as long as I did to start reading Joan Didion. They give me reading advice I didn't even know I needed. If you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they you don't like about their work, you're a trash baby. I, look, I understand you didn't like Heroes Season 3. That's fine. I, like, I don't... <laughs> actually need to know that information. I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun. God damn it!
damn it, Bonnie, you're crinkling a water bottle. Who the fuck does that? We were just coming in clean out of a nice music cue. And, 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 and uh, just, we have these Bonnie-proof microphones, but I want the listeners out there to hear what I heard just as we came out of that. It sounded like this. Can you, hey, uh, Daniel, do you mind playing that, that entrance music again? Yeah, welcome to my world, everybody. <laughs> One thing they say about Captain Crinkle, she hydrates. Yes, she does. <laughs> but never from something like a canteen. No, we she get her sure hydrates. <laughs> That's our show. Big thanks to our sponsor, Dashlane. Remember, go to www.dashlane.com slash Paula to start your free 30-day trial of Dashlane Premium. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull from the Stellar Adler Conservatory. Tony, <laughs> yeoman's work today. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Our head of security is Ben the Animal Lezebnik. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me for your special Paula Poundstone discount. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Dr. Jones, once again, we have beaten you to the place that you were going. Thanks for holding the door, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah, we have a shovel? Do we have a shovel? We have a shovel somewhere. What do you need it for? Bury the sloth. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.